Some said they couldn't do it. Even more said they probably shouldn't. But here they are, bringing you another episode of the Happy Zen Podcast. Welcome your hosts, Adam and Matt. Now. This is now. That now? Was then. That was then. This is now. When now is this? Now? Well, that was then. This is now. Jeez. So this is 2021, is that right? After what seems to have been, yeah, what it seems to have been approximately three to four months or in real time, seven days, uh, we're back recording once again. Yeah. Yeah. This shit's getting long and it's not a lot happening. Uh, uh, yeah, I guess it's definitely long and things are happening maybe not to us directly but yeah i yeah, don't know fair, fair enough what I, I guess what i should have said is things outside of, outside of my self-isolation are exponentially happening things inside my self-isolation seem to not be changing much yeah there's a weird time paradox going on where inside the house it's moving slowly and apparently outside it's uh, accelerating at a breakneck pace what if this is what time travel is like when you're inside the, the, you know, the phone booth or something? Yeah, I want off this ride. I don't like it. <laughs> I've ever seen so many memes in my life this week on two things. One, Tiger King. And, and two, restarting 2020. <laughs> yeah, like officially this week, we pretty much got confirmation that everything important of this year has been canceled. Like well, a week yeah, ago, yeah, yeah. we were like, in the next month or so, most things been canceled. By this point, pretty much anything important in 2020 has been canceled or postponed, at least for now. Uh, and a uh, uh, thing in there just as uh, this isn't going to be all about just what's happening out there, but there are some things relevant to what we discuss on this How podcast. How can we not mention these yeah, things? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's stuff like Cineplexes, we're closing our doors indefinitely, and we'll let you know if if and when we're coming back. That was a interesting comment from Cineplex. Just straight mm-hmm. out. We're not even sure if we're coming back right now. Yeah, and certain businesses are like, mm, we've got to lay off most of our staff because eh, we may be filing for bankruptcy protection because we may never come back. We're trying to find some silver linings and things, right? So, for example, um, jobs. Maybe you're not in the job you necessarily like or that you envisioned yourself in and you've always kind of dreamed of hey i wonder if i'm going to get a chance for a reset ever in life but it doesn't quite work that way because of you know economy pressure blah 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 well with the economy leaving like just dying and potentially many many things going bankrupt and the value of everything depleting to potentially next to nothing this could be a cool chance to restart your job well, I mean, certainly businesses that deliver food or get food for you, like Walmart's hiring like 10,000 people. So it's definitely, uh, there things is, are going to um, shift. Yeah, things are changing all around. It's going to be interesting. And I feel I feel for a lot of people with the stri- stress, that's um, anxiety that comes with a lot of this. But the reality is, you know, all the, no matter how many celebrities from their amazing mansions are tweeting out to all of us and Instagramming, messaging to everybody that we're in this together, <clears throat> bullshit, you're sleeping on millions of dollars. Uh, the rest of us, uh, society dwelling folks that are excited the government's going to give us a couple hundred bucks a week to survive through this thing. Um, we, on the other hand, uh, we might get a reset button because society itself might essentially just kind of hold on, but the economy disappears and uh, we might get a rechance to kind of go through things because I don't know if any of you, you pay attention to what happened today, but today was the day they told us that this is going to be possibly 18 to 20 months of uh this and uh we're getting to the point where we kind of need to shut everything down for an extended period of time which they won't even give us the amount of days that might be required to manage the potential um cases that will end up in the icu that we have a capacity that we're almost at and if we don't curve that and we shoot past that capacity then this thing just is going to keep spiraling out of control and it's going to take us solid two years and they have made it very clear today that we don't expect vaccinations or trials to be completed for at least a year plus. So, uh, Hollywood, thank you for your support. Uh, fuck off, because uh, uh, I'm sorry. The unless you're going to as the one percent of the wealth in the world, if you're just going to not 
start throwing it out to, to band-aid society as it continues to collapse. Maybe you don't throw it all out now, but start funneling it um, <laughs> slow and steady. Like Jeff Bezos could buy a couple fucking countries and solve some problems, but, you know, they don't. So, anyways. Uh, yeah, no and I wouldn't there. say all. It's not all of Hollywood. It's those people that are doing these stupid music videos and horseshit. Like, everything's going to be fine. Hey, listen, Ryan Reynolds, there are people. Ryan Reynolds was awesome. Threw money yeah. right away before anybody else did. Yeah. Didn't say fuck all, you know, and I'm, I'm sure there's a few other ones. But the ones that give me the video message yeah. that's trying to tell me everything's cool and they don't do fuck all else that I'm aware of, okay, first of all, um, I feel like I don't need your pity right now because I'm getting ready for my neighborhood to turn into a situation where we start killing each other for toilet paper and canned goods. You know, so that that's kind of where thanks, but no thanks. Well, I was really happy to see that HBO is going to continue paying their actors, even though they're not filming anything, because those are the people that definitely need the money. Yeah, they're starving, I heard. Yeah, not the people that, you know, are building the sets or, you know, any of that other stuff. The actors are still. Yeah, the editing people, the sound people, the stage, the catering, the transportation, you know, security, all those people. Fuck them. Let's pay the actors in case they go. Wait, wait, that's right. They're not going to go anywhere. And they're already casted the characters. So replacing them, although not impossible, sometimes wrecks the, the, the work of the show and makes it a little more difficult. Replacing the 50 people that work the set in the background that no one knows. So I guess that's just easy. Although at this point, our new norm for TV may just be yeah. people with cell phones streaming on YouTube anyways, which seems to be what a lot of the late night talk shows are doing. I'm on board for YouTube kicking Hollywood in the dick. Just straight out... <laughs> Screw you, and uh, society has spoke, and we don't need your overproduced weird shit uh, where you just hose everybody. And maybe Hollywood can reset, and the actors will get it paid appropriately as well. Where instead of twenty-five million dollars for a film, maybe they get like eight hundred thousand. Oh darn! Well, and I was saying to my wife, like I would not be surprised if there's a chance if this goes on for a long time, which it very well could. Some of these late night talk shows may never go back to regular TV yeah. because why would they? I think Jimmy Fallon was getting like five million views on YouTube. The ad revenue you alone through YouTube at five million views. What does he need to the, the overhead of doing a television produced show when he can just do at that at home with his iPhone? And considering the money that guy already has, mm-hmm. he could just do his own damn show on YouTube, make the money from the ads, still be wealthy and not have any responsibilities with the studios and give content that we probably would enjoy more because it's not overproduced by a network. It's a bit more relatable because everybody's in the same boat in more or less. Like I would rather see that, you know, he doesn't have his hair professionally done. He's not, you know, he's running around the backyard with his kids. He's trying to find stuff to do at the house. That's way more relatable than, you know, yeah. Celebrities singing songs and holding hands and whatever. I, I really hope what we get out of this, you know, I, I keep looking for the things I hope we get out of this. And I hope we get to find more equity in the world for the different classes of income people. I think there's a, a lot of barriers being broken because we're all being made equal here. There's no discrimination in how we're being treated by this virus, first of all. And secondly, I I think the idea of us getting fed crap from television, news, Hollywood, so on, that they spoon feed and dictate to us what we want, what they they basically tell us what we want, spoon feed it to us, make us want more. Like things like, for example, like reality shows like the Kardashians. I'm pray to God that this is the death of the show. Like we don't get this anymore. And we can focus on things that are a little more quality, a little more creative. Like I'm watching the stuff that um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's been doing on the hit record Joe and how he's encouraging people for creativity. And, you know, it's 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 fulsome. It's supportive. It's, en- <clears throat> it's encouraging. It's, you know, it's relatable, as you say, and that kind of stuff. And I'm like, I hope this is the direction art takes and cinema takes and that, you know, don't get me wrong. There's still a place, I guess, for some of the high production concept of the stuff we enjoy. But I think for the variety of the other things that are supposed to be relatable about the real world and the things that, you know, are supposed to be reality TV and talk shows and that kind of stuff, there's a whole new ground that they can cover that might make them more impactful, more relatable, and just downright probably better for all of us as people as well, that we don't live in this fictitious bubble of crap. 
What I'm noticing over the, especially over the last week or so, is this: the the gatekeepers are gone. A lot of the celebrities are going, and actors and musicians and and whatever are going directly to the viewers. They're either streaming or they're doing Instagram Live or any of that kind of stuff, <clears throat> and it's giving a lot of opportunity to interact with them in ways that we weren't able to do before because they don't have any other options. So I think that's kind of cool. It's it's uh, really just the, the, some positivity to find in some of this. As uh, messy as it is, as tough as it is to be in the crap that we're in right now, we just got to keep moving through it. I mean, whether we want to move through it or not, it's just going to keep going. And uh, so we will go on the other side of this. And uh, as you're all our fans hopefully are self-isolating and doing what's being asked of you. And as more things change today, maybe you were at work recently, you might not be next week because by looks of things, there's a bunch of other places that are no longer going to be essential. So there's going to be a bunch of people that will be introducing themselves to full-time self-isolation like the rest of us. So we'll see how that, that works out for everybody. I saw the lineups were even worse at the grocery stores today because as soon as the announcements came out, it's like everyone runs to the grocery store. So I'm glad I'm using like Tuesday at 6 p.m. as my grocery day. It's working pretty good. I'm going to make note of that. Tuesday at 6 p.m., good time to get groceries. Got it. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> so anyways, we had some ideas for some shows that we were going to do during this uh, pandemic period of time, which is just so weird to say because I liked it better when it was just a board game and now it's a reality. Um, so today's list, what we're doing is we have decided to list our top post-apocalyptic movies. Not that we're trying to say that's where we're going. Oh, it sounds saying. terrible. <laughs> well, listen, it's one of the most searched things on Google right now. It is by far in almost 90% of the memes, if you follow anything related to comics, movies, actors, and stuff, the memes are all about post-apocalyptic stuff. And quite frankly, a lot of the movies you and I have watched over the years and our generation has grown up with has been some pretty, pretty good, pretty high quality blockbuster stuff. Also some, you know, indie style, low key, can't believe they paid for that kind of stuff. But there's been a lot of it. And uh, the topic of, you know, shit in society ending and uh, a new beginning or a new reality becoming a result of the change has been a theme in Hollywood for years. So it's not like it's uncommon. You know, we, well, we do joke about I it. I think the number one movie for at least a few days last week, and maybe it's still in the top 10 this week, was like Contagion on Netflix. Uh, 100% which is, Contagion. Which is horrible. Which, as a point of reference, it is probably the closest depiction Hollywood has of probably exactly what we're going through and how it's going to play out, which is not nearly as eventful as everything else we're going to have on our list and maybe some of the stuff we talk about. But I think ultimately the reality is probably contagion is what we're in and probably where it's going to go and that you actually come out the other side of it. So anyhow. Yeah, I don't think I touched on uh, any virus based uh, apocalypses or anything like that in my list. I veered away from that, thankfully. Oh, all right. Well, we're going to have some fun then. Are we working backwards or forwards? I didn't really rank them in like anything is special because some okay. of them I've watched many, many times and will continue to watch even with all this shit going on. Um, yeah. I don't know where you want to, you start with where you want it. Did you, did you have it ranking? Yeah. I, I went from, I think my out of my five, my least favorite to my most favorite, but it's, it doesn't make, doesn't really matter. Basically the gist of the list is five. Well, 10, well, there might be some overlap. Let's say five each apocalyptic movies to watch during the uh, I, I don't even want to call it a pandemic anymore because it's just for now it's the it's the new norm it's the normal okay all right do you want to start <clears throat> sure so my number five or my first one i guess is the 2012 version and that's important because there is another version of this movie that's awful and that is Dread. <laughs> Dread is a movie that takes place in a world where uh, there was a apocalyptic event of some sort, and most of civilization lives on the East Coast in a giant city called Mega City One. I actually tried to make a point of trying to find out the year the movie is supposed to be set in. Unfortunately, that one just says the future. 
So, uh, yeah, Dread's definitely on my list. It's, uh, I guess, it, it, the the scenario is probably your standard, you know, futuristic. Although it's like futuristic from like the '80s, like it's sort of like every, it's like a lot of punks and like, you know, of, almost like the movies, Warriors, but in the future. It's one of those movies that when you recorded it in the '80s, '90s, mm. and the idea was what the future was. Yeah. The future they depicted is what we're in now, which is just HD versus you know regular quality film difference. Yeah. So you know. Uh, and, yeah. So I, I like Dread. I think the the Carl Urban as Judge Dread is significantly better than the other one <clears throat> that will go unmentioned, even though I enjoy Sylvester Stallone. Uh, it's I don't have, uh, have a problem with the other one. I, I think that one was all right. When the, did you watch it last? Was it oh, recently? Nothing. Not for the ability of holding up, not not for the ability of it holding up at all. Because let's be mm-hmm. fair, nothing holds up from the late '80s, early '90s. It just doesn't matter. So uh, no, I enjoy that movie. It has uh, uh, Lena Headley in it, uh, or Hetty in it, I should say. Uh, Carl Urban as Judge Dredd's great. It's not a big scope movie. It mostly takes place in one large building, but yeah. it's just it's like a video game. It's just like level one, level two, level three. They just work their way up to the top of the building where the big boss is at the end. So I enjoy it. It's it's a simple, straightforward, but uh, it's one of my favorites. So I may have been mentally in a different place and emotionally in a different place when I start <laughs> making my list. <laughs> so this uh-huh. ought to be interesting. Um, I, I <laughs> My number five is a movie oh. that uh, how do I put it? It, it, I originally thought of this movie where I, I enjoy it. First of all, I've enjoyed this film. It's a, it's a 2006 uh, drama thriller. It stars Clive Owen. You know what it is? Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Children of Men. Sure. Yeah. So it's a good one. The idea, right? It's 2027, not that far from now. Nope. Uh, in a chaotic <laughs> world in which women have somehow become infertile. So just gonna pause for a second. I'm just going to say, let's take 14 months to figure out the vaccine, people. Anyways, uh, a former activist agrees to help transport a miraculously pregnant woman to sanctuary. And then basically, it's, it's society having a short-term collapse of 18 years of going, oh, my God, we've never had kids again at the end of mankind uh, or humankind. And all of a sudden, someone's pregnant, realizing there's maybe a way back from this. And then the ensuing craziness of how people behave, i.e. toilet paper, and uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it's a pretty interesting look at the shortcomings of uh, humankind, which we're kind of seeing on display in some cases. And fortunately, we haven't seen the collapse to the degree that you know this movie depicts. Um, however, I really enjoy this film, and uh, it isn't hopelessness <laughs> in the sense that like, hey, if we just start having kids again, maybe society could actually kind of put itself back together. Whereas within your dread film, there's no going back. Like that is society. That's where they are. Yeah, I agree. Children of the Men is basically the the upswing, right? Like it's it's been shitty, and this is a glimmer of hope. And yeah, and what not, what comes of that? Yeah, it's not hundreds of years, thousands of years. It's like eighteen years, <laughs> and then shit kind of starts to come around a little bit. So, if anything, if you are fearful of the vaccination process that may come from this and worry about the outcomes, a movie like this can tell you, hey, it doesn't even last a whole generation if shit fucks up. So, just you know, brighter side, right? Yeah, that's a positive swing, sure. Well, where the rest of the list goes, we need shit like that. Anyways, what do you got next? Well, uh, my number, uh, my next one here is uh, kind of the opposite end of the spectrum, whereas Dread is more of a maybe a depressing, ultra-violent future. Uh, this one's actually set in what technically is a few years ago, or we'll say present-day L.A., uh, and it is the story of a bunch of Hollywood celebrities who are living <laughs> through the end times. And that is This is the End from 2013 with Seth Rogen and Jonah Hill, Jay Baruchel. Pretty much every who's who of comedy at that time makes an appearance in that movie. Yes. And basically, it's more of a biblical apocalypse, that one. Kind of a being punished for our sins kind of idea. Oh, yeah. Earth opening up, swallowing uh satan eventually at the end of it and just how i mean it kind of touches on what you were talking about before with the hollywood aspect of it how hollywood just doesn't get what's going on around them and they still bicker about you know movie roles and and just stupid shit uh 
somehow the Canadian, well, the Canadians, Jay Baruchel and Seth Rogen are the smart ones. And man, uh, Jonah Hill comes across terrible. And I hope he's not even remotely like he is in that movie because he's insane. Uh, but yeah, definitely uh, a more, well, not uplifting because it's terrible. What everything happens to everybody is terrible. But it's a, a more lighthearted uh, apocalyptic take, I would say. Let's go with that. Yeah, that's definitely. I'm actually embarrassed I didn't make my list. I, I really enjoyed that film. It's very, very funny. You don't stop laughing for the vast majority of it. There are some very, very touching scenes. I truly believe Emma Watson could kill at will, and she could kill <laughs> many. And I think it's amazing. So uh, it made me love her more. Uh, yeah, no, I. Uh, that's a good call, man. That's a good yeah. call. Okay. Well, uh, my next movie is a little bit different. Um, it, it's a uh, 80s classic starring one of the big three action stars of the uh, 80s and 90s. And I'll Does tell do, you, it was Can he do the splits? He can do the splits. Oh. <laughs> I know where we're going with it. this, I think. Cyborg. Mm-hmm. Oh, what did you think it was going to be? Oh, yeah. No, I figured it was. Uh, yeah, had to be. Cyborg is just uh, just a good action film that's mindless, and um, it's I like to believe it's far fetched from reality. Although in that movie too, there was viruses and diseases that were for people. That movie choice being maybe not so close to home. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> I, there's enough of it that I'm hoping that we're not that close to it yet. I mean, check back in a week's time; things could be different. Yeah. If we start running around with chainmail and Gatling guns, we're, we know we're in trouble. I'm going to start practicing doing like the split punch just so I can be prepared. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was uh, my number uh, number four. Uh, again, swinging completely in a different direction. My next one is from 2013 as well. It is. Uh, it ranges. It's set actually in 2013 through to 2025, so pretty much in where we are now, uh, mostly in Hong Kong, where a ragtag bunch of pilots are piling giant robots against kaiju in Pacific Rim. <laughs> Basically, uh, a rift opens up under the ocean, and you know these giant creatures come out and uh, you know just slaughter us. And then we build giant robots and fight them as we would. What? I don't know. Yeah, I feel, yeah. Yours, yours have like a, yeah, so far your list has a sense of um, we're staying in the scenario. <laughs> like yeah, it's, not, it's not the end of the scenario. Yours, yours tend to be more like it's already happened. Mine's, um, we're still trying to fight through it. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Now, I, I, um, I, again, I'm thoroughly disappointed that I didn't make my list because um, I did enjoy that movie. And I keep forgetting that would be an end of the world, post-apocalyptic, things have changed style movie, right? Because, I mean, the criteria is the end of society, and those pretty much are the end of society. Well, and I think that one's probably one of the furthest away from reality because I can't imagine our government spending that kind of money on giant robots when they can't spend that kind of money on, you know, things to keep us... Alive in our homes right now. So to be fair, they're pretty fast and loose with the money right now. If they had to build giant robots, well, I think they true. could. Check back again next week. We'll see if we're at the robot stage. Yeah, I mean, if Trump keeps doing this stuff where he's trying to deny goods coming across to Canada the way he is, maybe Ford's rebuttal is a giant robot. That uh, I would back that. I would I would vote for giant robot. I'm good with that. Yeah, yeah. So. Okay, I went in a completely different direction. This movie is actually only PG-13. It's a 2004, certainly a post-apocalyptic uh, adventure. It's Dennis Quaid in a film that I didn't actually think I would enjoy him in. Jake Gyllenhaal, eh, he, was, he was pretty good in it, but I think Dennis Quaid stole a show on this. And not to mention the fact that, um, where was it? Dash Mahook, who I actually really enjoyed as Jason Evans in that film. I'm looking at IMDb. This is not my memory. I had to look at his picture because I really liked the guy. He was the assistant who worked with Dennis Quaid on this, this uh, film. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, really enjoyed this film. It's one of those rewatchable ones that was on TBS a lot back in the day. Uh, it's The Day After Tomorrow, if you haven't figured that out. So what I liked about this was it's just a lot of really shitty weather <laughs> that resets things. And then we just got to deal with the new climate on the planet, which is just 
basically topsy-turvy, which is things that were sunny and shiny are now snowy, and things that were not are now sunny and shiny, and then, just, you know, we got to relocate and make our way around. You know, nothing too bad. I think that's definitely a major category of these apocalyptic movies is weather, uh, weather events or, you know, the earth turning on us, essentially. Yeah. Uh, And I think uh, that same director would then go on to do uh, 2012, which, again, was sort of in that kind of lineup where the earth basically had enough with us and tried to do everything to kick us out. Yeah, it was a little much for me. I I liked the day after tomorrow because, again, it ended with a we're going to conquer this stuff and we're okay. <laughs> Says the guy that had cyborg on his list. Yeah, but it was just really good. It was an influential movie from my childhood. I watched it way too much. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, don't, don't, don't make it like your list is based on like happy outcomes. Oh no, you'll see the next two. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Uh, speaking of not happy out- outcomes, uh, this movie made in 1980, but set in the future, 1997, in New York, uh, shows us what would happen if crime got so out of hand after uh, an apocalyptic event that they just built a wall around New York and made it a super prison. Again, we're talking we're escape from to, New York. We're not trying to predict anything that's going to happen in New York. But we're yeah. Just I know, as I wrote that down, I thought, oof, maybe it's too soon. You know, it's not Escape from Italy or something like that. Oh, Jesus. Okay, oh, I'm going to stop. God, that's Anyways. <laughs> so, yes, Escape from New York. Uh, John Carpenter, Kurt Russell as Snake Plissken, legendary cult uh, hero, villain. I don't know what he is. Anti-hero, I guess. Uh, this one, again, that 80s vibe of like, yeah, the apocalypse is just going to be a bunch of roving gangs and like, you know, thugs and it's like a beat 'em up from like uh, like a final fight game or something. I don't know, but I I, I love it's so stupid that I love it. The idea that the president gets shot down over New York, Snake's got to go in. He's got a shitty pass. They inject a bomb into his neck, and if he doesn't get the pr- no wait, is it the bomb in the first one or is it the poison? See, it was almost the exact same plot in Escape from L.A. Anyways, he's got to get the president by a certain point, or they kill him. Uh, but classic 80s cheese. Um, classic 80s where they don't even give him a chance to say, look, just take your time to get it done right. It says you need to do it in a certain time frame. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. You know, it's like 24 hours. Like, get in, get out. Um, I actually had another movie on my that was going to be on my, my list, but I cut it. That is almost the same plot, but British. And it's, uh, I don't know if you've seen it, Doomsday. Yes. Uh, it's It's almost the same idea, except it's a woman. And it's British, and they send her in to get somebody important, but I forget the gist of it, so I didn't put it on my list. And I don't recommend Escape from L.A. unless you're drunk or something else. So I've ultimately got a tie here at number two, because I couldn't differentiate between the two of them. This happens every time we do a list. You you always have ties on your list. Yeah, this is the consistency of what I bring to the show. The problem is I didn't want too many zombie movies on my list. I really only wanted one. And I struggled to pick which of these two. And maybe, you know, you, you can be the tiebreaker. Okay? You'd be the tiebreaker for this. Okay. So one of them is uh, a, a personal favorite. You and I both enjoy all of their films, part of their Cornetto trilogy. So Shaun of the Dead. Mm-hmm. fantastic take on a zombie movie because it's probably there's no superpowers and no super skills there's a bit of uh comedy to it because reality is most average people are stupid and uh it is is, is complicated and at the end no one's really that important except just making sure to take care of each other uh the other one is zombie land mm-hmm. with zombie land with woody harrelson is again, again another very fun take on a zombie movie where the practicality is probably the key to survival, not necessarily the heroism. And so it's a nice balance. People kind of suck in Zombieland a little bit, but not really. At the end, everyone's just a little bit scared. Uh, it certainly has a lot of humor to it. Uh, and and it, it was what I liked about Zombieland, the difference between the two of them, why I couldn't pick. Shaun of the Dead is the start of the zombie apocalypse, whereas Zombieland is like well into it. So mm-hmm. they had different, there's definitely different perspectives. And so I couldn't really pick between either one. Uh, what one I preferred the cast I kind of like the cast better in Shaun of the Dead 
personally, but Woody Harrelson certainly had one hell of a performance in Zombieland, and Bill Murray still goes down as classically hilarious on that one. So it was a tough call, man. I don't know. If, how, how would you split hairs on that one? Hmm. I mean, arguably, Shaun of the Dead might be more realistic, as you say, just because if it was the right at the beginning of a zombie apocalypse or outbreak, I think most people would doubt it and treat it as it wasn't actually what it is. Zombieland, I don't, I don't know. Do you think those people would be alive that far into the zombie apocalypse? Yes, those those I mean, are the people that live. Yeah. Yeah. What I liked about Zombieland, though, and why I might give it the, not Zombieland, sorry, Shaun of the Dead, give Shaun mm-hmm. of the Dead the edge, is it like, it lasts for like a few days, better take a, a few weeks. And then yeah. they, you go back to the end with like, here's the news and life's back. And oh, by the way, we still have these zombies floating around. But here's how we're managing. Because I feel like that's how society would actually get through this. Well, yeah. it's And, you know, to be to touch on where we are now, not that we're at zombies <clears throat> yet. Uh, there is that talk of, well, will things ever really go back to the way they were? A hundred percent. Not likely. Yes. We will probably have to adapt and work with what we have and how things are. So yes. in that aspect, then yes, I think the Shaun of the Dead would be, uh, would maybe be a bit more realistic in that, in that regard. Fair enough. Okay. So th- you can see where I was stuck with that. There were two different perspectives. Yeah. I didn't yeah, want right, right. and I didn't want to fill it with zombie movies because I could have, we could have easily done that. I actually only had one zombie movie on my short list. It didn't make the cut, but I did have Dawn of the Dead again, another movie that starts right at the beginning of the, uh, of the apocalypse or what have you. Uh, but I did not make it on my list. My final one was a film from 1981 that is just, quote, set in post-apocalyptic Australia. And if you haven't guessed at this point what it is, it's probably the prototype for 90% of post-apocalyptic movies throughout at least the 80s. You love this And that would be The Road Warrior. I was, love it. it. I had it down to that and Fury Road because they're obviously very similar. Um Gotta, you got to give it to Mel. Got to give it to Mel. I do. And to be honest, I think there's a little bit more story in the Road Warrior than there is Fury Road. Fury Road is essentially go from point A to point B and then from point B back to point A. Like it, it's a yeah. very and that's fine. I think, though, the with the Road Warrior, it sets up the the roaming packs, uh, the, the gangs, uh, the the aspect of. Now, in this case, it's fuel, not toilet paper. That is obviously the hot commodity at the time. Uh, we have the opposite problem. They can't give gas away right now. It's uh, dirt, probably the cheapest we've seen it in almost 20 years. Give it give it 12 uh, months. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. When they just stop pumping it entirely. Uh, so, yeah, the Road Warrior uh, peak, uh, maybe a little early. Uh, not quite peak uh, Mel Gibson, but close. You know, uh, it's it's got action it's got ridiculous australian everything the thing about that movie that's funny is i have a feeling a lot of people maybe just think some australian things are just made up for the post-apocalyptic movies when in fact they were just normal for australia so a lot of that movie you wonder is it actually you know just australia or is that actually what happens after the apocalypse but uh yeah the road warrior the red the uh probably the peak for the mad max at least in the original trilogy. And then, uh, yeah, it's hard to beat Mel Gibson. I like, I, uh, I, I, we've had this discussion. I enjoyed Tom Hardy when he doesn't talk, which is probably why Fury Road was my favorite of his movies. When he gets into weird accents, I check out immediately. But that's it. That's my, uh, that's my last pick, The Road Warrior. Okay. So this is going to be hilarious. Um, First of all, this was one of the childhood movies that I watched way too much. It was released two days before my sixth birthday in 1987. It was 101 minutes long. It was made for $27 million, which, by the way, back then had to be ridiculous because that's a lot. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty big. Um, It was I'm doing all this, folks, because Matt may figure this out quickly. Um, it was directed by Paul Michael Glasser. And let me just uh, read the plot to everybody because I, I forgot the timeline on this plot, which is eerie, very, very eerie to today. 
by 2017 after a worldwide economic collapse. Again, I didn't think this through. <laughs> the United States has become a total, uh, I can never say this right, a totalitarian police state censoring all cu- cultural activity. And this has nothing to do with the fact that today Google released all of our location information to the government. The U.S. government pacifies the populace by broadcasting game shows where convicted oh, criminals Jesus fight Christ. for their lives, <laughs> including the gladiator-style running man. Yeah. <laughs> Get ready for this. Ben Richards, right, a police helicopter pilot framed for massacre during a fr- food riot in California, escapes a labor camp in 2019. They were so close. They were only probably a few months off. Strange. Schwarzenegger, governor of California. Uh, food riots, entirely possible, <laughs> if not happening already. And not that there's a shortage of food, people, just so we're clear. Yeah. It's just people are buying stuff way too fast and not letting and, the supply chain and, catch up. But anyways. And if Hollywood does collapse and they need to find new ways of putting reality TV on, how far away from the reality is this? I mean, look, it's cheap. It wouldn't need a lot of production. Oh, boy. This is, uh, yeah, you might be right. So the best part was, while we were reading our list, I decided to open IMDb up to look at Running Man. Mm -hmm. Did not know the timelines. Forgot the reason why it was where it was. I forgot it was economic collapse. Forgot all those similarities. That freaks me out. Um, But it's really funny. (laughs) And the timelines, I did not know 2017 at all was the date. And yet, modern day Arnold is living in his house in self isolation with uh, what does he have? Miniature horses or something? Or donkeys? Uh, a, a donkey and a miniature horse. Yes, he's got Lulu and he's got. Uh, I'm trying to think of her name. It's absolutely the best thing again on Instagram. If you're not following Arnold Schwarzenegger for any particular yeah, do reason, it because it's it's he it's, is hilarious. Right, and he's he's selling stuff about don't be an ass, stay home. And the shirt he's selling, all the proceeds are going to I think I said food banks or first responders or a bit of both or something. Yeah. So Schwarzenegger's just being awesome. Um, really, really funny. And he rips on Trump every once in a while. You go on there, so it's really funny. But yeah, Running Man had to be completely my number one post-apocalyptic. And uh, the likeness uh, kind of creeps me out a little bit. I didn't realize <laughs> yeah, the scenario was so, so close. Subconsciously, if you if you knew, like, yeah, that's that's really freaky. I, mean, just, I was a huge, huge running, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger fan, like most. And at that time, you had Running Man, you had Commando, and... Um, I'm trying to think what else would have been probably Predator would have been like the three at that time that you were probably watching over and over again if you were me and uh, or anyone that was probably 10 to 14 years old or probably 30, 40 years old at that point. Yeah, yeah, it's us and our parents basically (laughs) is what it was or dads. Yeah. So aside from that list of our favorites, um, I threw a curveball at you in our pre-show which we don't have a Patreon account. You're not getting the free show. It was just us warming up and having a discussion about what the hell we were doing. Um, we had two subtopics. And, and one is, can you think of any post-apocalyptic movies that, if we're going to end up in that scenario, if, if, if we're going to end up in a scenario of things changing and not going back, is there any movie that, oh, please, hell, like this can't be where we end up? <laughs> like this can't be the reality we get stuck with? I got a couple. Uh, I'll let you go first because I, I need okay. to. I need to think on this. So my fr- my first cluster. I have a cluster. Okay, and again, don't yell at me for this. But the reason it's a cluster is I'm trying to prove a point. So World War Z. I am legend. Okay, um, I pay, I pair them together because the one thing about those movies that get me. I know they're zombie movies, folks. But when the zombies can move that quick, we're screwed. <laughs> okay, like. We're already in trouble when they're slow-moving mobs, <laughs> but when they can run and climb shit, and we're done. We are done. Yeah, and the interesting thing about World War Z is it's very much played out like a virus movie. Like, yeah. it's it's very much like an outbreak, but zombies are the outbreak. Yeah, yeah. So, please, please, no. <laughs> please, please, no. No. Okay. Uh... I ain't gonna go with an, you know, it's again, I'll, I'll take the shortcut like you did and I'll clump a couple movies together, but, uh, I'm just going to go with like the future from like the Terminator series. Oh, I don't want that. Nobody wants that. 
that's I mean, it seems very far fetched right now because we're thinking more biological, but maybe that's when they attack when we're weakest. I don't know. Maybe they lost the biological. There's attack. a lot of AI things going on right now. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you a thousand percent. So that Did one you... that could be bad. Didn't have that on my list, but it should have been. Um, I have uh, Resident Evil films, all of them. Yeah. Don't really, don't really want to go back to that kind of outbreak becoming this weird zombie hybrid with AI. That's a, that's a combination of the two. Mm-hmm. Don't need that. I really don't need that. Um, I also have... Uh, I have Dread. Your Dread is actually on my list of where I don't want us to be. It's fair. I don't blame you. <laughs> that was on my list. Uh, I also have Priest. How long was your list? I thought we were picking one. Well, listen, I started thinking about where I didn't want things to go, and it, it, it the list got there. I got one more after this, but it should be it, most of them. It should be yeah, you yeah. don't want most. I mean, how many post-apocalyptic movies are happy? Well, I got a couple that I think if we're gonna get stuck with something, I got a couple. Uh, and last but not least was Rain of Fire because <laughs> dragons are dragons, and uh, we're done. <laughs> we we can't handle toilet paper, lineups in a grocery store, and being told to stay home to stay safe. So there's no way we're going to handle dragons. That's fair. Yeah. I would love to know what you have down is the post-apocalyptic scenario that you would be acceptable and you would be okay with because I can't think of one at the moment. Okay, well, I've got a couple. Um, and, and you got to let me explain it, though, in its capacity. So if it's post-apocalyptic and, like, we're euchred, like, we're, 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 we're done. We're not, we're in trouble. Okay, there's no coming back from it. I'll take the Matrix. Okay, because at least you're you're you you think things are okay. You're you're led to believe that you, everything's fine and everything's normal. Okay, look, a little bit of ignorance goes a long way, <laughs> and uh, you know it's uh it's there. Uh, <laughs> now that's probably the only one. Uh, v for Vendetta was up there. Okay. Uh, again, there's a little bit of bliss in there that if you just comply. What worried me about V for Vendetta, though, is that actually kind of became another little thought process where V for Vendetta in 1984 feel like somewhere we might end up <laughs> going through this process and conquering it. But how many civil liberties and things do we let go in fear of getting through this that we don't get to come back from? Oh yeah, well again, it goes back to that whole like, what is the, what will we actually go back to when everything's said and done? I'm sure there's going to be a lot of things that get implemented in order to help things get better that they're just going to stick around for a long time. Yeah, so those were the ones that we're, we're still paying definitely... for World War II with, you know, I mean, what what do you, with our taxes? Yeah. Uh, my pick for that only works if you're one specific person in this film. <laughs> Uh, and that is if you were Tom Cruise's character in Edge of Tomorrow, uh, only because you just keep coming back. I mean, if you're going to keep coming back, at least, you know, you don't have to have that fear necessarily. I mean, the rest of it is just shit. But I, <laughs> I thought mean, you were going to say I thought you were gonna say Oblivion. No. Well, no, no. Edge of Tomorrow. I enjoy Edge of Tomorrow. So that's why I picked that one. OK. But now uh, and the one yeah. that I think we could all have fun with and probably do better in it than the humans did in it would be planet of the apes uh, like the newer ones like the 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 more recent versions yeah i'm going to go with the rise of the planet of the apes cuz i think i can make friends with caesar <laughs> cuz if it was ape looking humans versus human intelligent apes I would take the human intelligent apes of the the more modern ones. People that are apes that look like humans, that would just creep me out. I don't think I could handle that. And they seem stronger to me. I don't know. I can't believe you just broke that down. Well, I'm just saying. If they could stand up, if they always stand up and they're always taller than me, no, I'm out. I'm checking out. So the Mark Wahlberg one and back, no thank you. The new ones, okay. I love that's a differentiating factor. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know why. I feel like when they're when they look more like an ape, I feel more. uh, I feel safe. I don't know, which is not true because I'm sure they'll murder me either way. Uh, 
Yeah. So that's our list. But needless to say, folks, if you're going to turn to Hollywood for a glimpse of what you think might be the perceivable future, put on a contagion, be a little (laughs) freaked out, and then then realize there's a cure. They will solve it. It doesn't go anywhere. And normal, boring life that you thought you hated will come right back. (laughs) Because that's probably the best scenario. I'm going to wrap it back up to the right back to where we started, where we were shitting on Hollywood. Uh, Again, as I mentioned in last episode, I want to try to have, hopefully, uh, if I can dig up something each episode, something positive that's happening uh, during all of this. There's some good stuff. Uh, Specifically, this one uh, for this episode, I wanted to mention, uh, and I'm sure maybe you saw it already, was uh, John Krasinski from The Office and The Quiet Place and all that has started a YouTube channel program called Some Good News, which is exactly this. He, on social media, asked people to write in and send him good things and and good positive stories that have happened during all this pandemic so that he can then share it with everybody else. And he, uh, on his first episode, I think he's only had one episode so far, he had uh, Steve Carell on and they chatted about The Office a bit as well. So I thought that was kind of cool. It's just him in his house with a shitty cardboard sign behind him uh, for the logo for his his YouTube show. And it's a, it's a good idea, because there are certainly days when it feels like it's just shit after shit after shit just piling up. It's good to be able to at least have that outlet. You can turn that on for, I think, it's 15 minutes was the first episode, and at least hear some positivity, because obviously the news, you know, by design right now, is mostly focused on the negative. And you well, don't see a whole lot of that. And to be fair, the news is actually just focused on the current, which happens to be negative. <laughs> yeah, but I mean... <laughs> They're not even spitting it negatively. They're just trying to report it. And that's the sad part. Normally, I would agree with you and say the news is always putting the negative spin. Other than their stupid little logo and death pandem- pandemonium music, the rest of it is just facts. And right now, the facts suck. Well, I guess maybe spin's not the right word. Uh, focus. Their focus yeah. is on that and they're not they're not looking for these positive stories so much not, being not said, like I, not like that yeah i would say maybe our not to be biased but i think maybe our canadian uh news sources most of them do throw in the odd you know happy yeah. story from time to time uh but anyways yeah so the john krasinski some good news search for it on youtube it's uh it's great hopefully he keeps doing it because like everybody else he's stuck at home and at least he's being productive and not singing bullshit songs that do nothing for nobody. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. And uh, another movie that, again, another post-apocalyptic place <laughs> I would never want to be in is The Quiet Place. Quiet I place, can't shut up. Yeah. I can't shut up. I'd be dead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Quiet Place, not a good uh, not a good place for people who want to podcast or just talk in general. It would be, it'd be bad. Well, uh, I think we're good. I think this is, uh, this is good because now we're going to be for the foreseeable future much more frequent so there's really no reason to have long episodes uh shout out to some of our uh our listeners there for their support of deadly grounds coffee i saw that one of our listeners uh jesse reddit there decided to uh, get his order of deadly grounds coffee shipped in support of our favorite coffee in the durham region and probably the planet so Mm -hmm. that was pretty awesome and he did use our promo code thank god see it's working brad it's working he doesn't listen. He's too busy shipping coffee. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, go back and listen to our last episode and, and check our links. Support anybody that you, any small business that you normally supported. Check and see what they're doing. If they're doing gift cards or local delivery or just straight up delivery, curbside pickup, whatever it is, check it out. Help them get through this because they're going to need it. Uh, it's great to want to go back after all of this, but that could be a while. So and I know, I know it's now. Re- it's really difficult, people, when you think about maybe even the cost of just spending money on food and things right now and eating out doesn't seem like a priority, but check out some of your favorite restaurants and, and you know, give them a call, find out what they're doing. They've all, most of the ones I've come across have made some sort, sort of like makeshift abbreviated menu kind of idea that is really just, it's great. It's, it's still supporting the people and the food and the quality and everything and they've made things to be more accommodating to the current situation most of them have taken on the task of delivery to keep other people employed so servers are delivering and stuff so honestly 
I know it seems like a thing that you don't want to stretch yourself too far, but if you take a look at them, a lot of them modified the menus to keep things affordable and uh, just to make it an option. And let's be fair, you're at home, you're making multiple meals in a day, every day, over and over, repetitious, uh, and this isn't going away anytime soon. So don't hesitate to give yourself a treat and do it by supporting local, please. It's, uh, it's something that's good to do, and I think it could bring monotony. Like when your entire day is focused around picking up food, which is curbside, which is amazing, by the way. I don't get it in my car. It's better than drive through They bring it to me. Uh, but it's awesome. And so please go for it. Yeah, just even for your menta- your you know own mentality's sake, it's it's definitely good to treat yourself if you can uh, from time to time. We're not saying do this every day, but, you know, maybe once a week or you know what have you. Just uh, treat yourself because uh, if you don't, you're going to go crazy, and uh, we don't want that. Nobody wants that. That's right. Oh, if you, actually, you know what? If it's, speaking of that, I will say, in all seriousness, it's different wherever you are, but look it up. There are certainly lots of resources available. Uh, via phone, internet, uh, video calling. If you're feeling in the dumps, if you're feeling depressed, there are definitely places to go right now. They are, you know, they know that that's that's going to be a, a problem for for some people for sure. So don't hesitate to search out those resources because uh, they're there for sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, stay safe, everybody. Stay safe, buddy, and uh, we'll talk soon. And uh, I'll catch uh, I'll catch you on the battlefield front. Rock a lot of Battlefield 5, folks. If you're bored and you have it in PS4, uh, I'm out there and I'm horrible. So if you hate, don't like the podcast and you hate what I have to say, come blow me up on Battlefield 5. I die easy. Yeah, just send us a message. Well, I'll I'll give you his name immediately. <laughs> wow, that turned quick. Three of the months, yeah. All right, All right. later. Later.